Good afternoon to you, wherever you may be. Welcome to uh, our time here Monday afternoons as we're going through Randy Alcorn's book called Heaven. Pastor Mike Douglas with you here, along with Elaine Harlan, our producer and co-host, and uh, the inimitable Mr. Bunny Rabbit Energizer <laughs> Bunny John Engel here. <laughs> John Engel here uh, as well. And uh, again, uh, friends, uh, you're welcome. And, uh, you know, at the end of your day, if uh, you have time to stop by uh, here at Advancing Vibrant Communities, if you'd like to join us uh, in our study of uh, Randy Alcorn's book called Heaven, love you for you to join us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we usually have some goodies here for you as well. And mm-hmm. kind of a chips and salsa day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Salsa. So, uh, salsa. Salsa kind of day. Well, uh, again, uh, welcome to Return to Relevancy in our study of Randy Alcorn's book called Heaven. I'm going to finish up on chapter uh, 13 and uh, move on to chapter 14. Uh, one thing we did not get to do, and, and I think it's worth uh, reading it, and, and Elaine, you, you had just read it a couple of minutes ago, oh. that at the end of it, Resurrection Day, and, and this is from uh, Randy Alcorn's novel called Safely Home. And understand it's a novel, but you know, just like C.S. Lewis, he is imagining what it's going to be like um, at the end of this era as uh, the new heavens and the new earth uh, are, are formed and, and uh, a new day is at hand. And uh, let, let's just read through this real quick. And then uh, let me pull up, uh, if you would, uh, uh, Isaiah chapter 60. And uh, I want to look at that in just a few moments. But let's uh, let's read out Randy Alcorn's book. Again, some of you with earlier editions may have different page numbers. This is at the end of chapter 13. Uh, on my, uh, I think it's a second edition, it's page 137. Yours may differ just a little bit. Uh, anyway, this is from Randy Alcorn's book, uh, his novel called Safely Home. The battle cry of a hundred million warriors erupted from one end of the heavens to the other. There was war, uh, there was war on that, that narrow isthmus between heaven and hell, a planet called Earth. The air was filled with the din of combat, the wails of oppressors being slain, and the joyous celebrations of the oppressed, rejoicing that at long last their liberators had arrived. Just parenthetically there, you know, the, the news has been filled with these guys, uh, shooting people up in malls, and yesterday a couple people were killed at New Life Church, and, uh, in Colorado, and uh, some YWAM, two two young mm. believers there shot down, and 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 when he, when he that that line there, rejoicing at long last, their uh, that their liberators had arrived, you know, it's, people are are being oppressed today, and it's not just economically, but uh, spiritually, people are being oppressed. The evil one is uh, is running rampant, and can you just imagine? 
this war going on. He calls it that narrow isthmus between heaven and hell called earth. And uh, the, the, this massive war going on, and the king is returning. And those who have lived under injustice, who have been oppressed, are being set free. And there's uh, no uh, slick lawyer here with an appellate court. Uh, there's no uh, judge with an agenda here. The judge is doling out perfect justice, righteous justice. All right. So some of the warriors sang as they slew, swinging swords to hew the oppressors with one arm and with the other, pulling victims up onto their horses. Not a great image. Imagine this. I mean, you get the visual here. Isn't that neat? And imagine these uh, um, warriors from, uh, from the Lord. Uh, you know, going through and with one hand they're slaying the oppressors and with the other they're, they're pulling up the righteous, the victims onto their horses. The long arm of the king moved with swiftness and power. The hope of reward that kept the sufferers sane was vindicated at last. Don't you love that line? In, in the midst of oppression, what keeps you sane? Hope. Huh? Hope that God's gonna come through. And the knowledge and, and the surety that God has come to the, the hope of reward that kept the sufferers sane was vindicated at last. No child of heaven was touched by the sword this day, for the universe could not tolerate the shedding of one more drop of righteous blood. Yes. Oh, amen. Huh? Heaven released fury. Earth bled fear. It was the old world's last night. At the lion's nod, Michael raised his mighty sword and brought it down on the great dragon. His muscles bulging at the strain, Michael picked up his evil twin and cast the writhing beast into the great pit. The mauler of men, the hunter of women, the predator of children, the persecutor, uh, persecutor of the righteous shrieked in terror. The vast army of heaven's warriors cheered. Can you just visualize this? Isn't I mean, that get, something? Can you imagine? All of his, every injustice in all of history at this one point in time all gets set right. Isn't that amazing? The battalions of Cherish gazed upon the decimated face of the earth, the scorched soil of the old world. Nothing had survived the fires of this holocaust of things. Nothing but the king's word his people, and the deeds of gold and silver and precious stones they had done for him during the long night since Eden's twilight. Soldiers dropped their weapons. The crippled tossed their crutches and ran. The blind opened their eyes and saw. They pointed and shouted and danced. Think of our friend Marty Lancer. Yes. There, don't you? Oh, Isn't that a great image? Oh, glorious day. Amen. They pointed and shouted and danced, throwing their arms around each other for each new that any now left on earth were under the king's blood and could be fully trusted. The king gathered children upon his lap. He wiped away their tears. The sound of a great multitude, like the roar of a rushing waters and loud peals of thunder, shouted, Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. All eyes turned to the king. The entire universe fell silent, anticipating his words. I will turn the wasteland into a garden, the king announced. I will bring here uh, the home I have made for you, my bride. 
There will be a new world, a life-filled blue-green world greater than all that has ever been. That a great word picture. That awesome. The shadow lands are mine again, and I shall transform them. My kingdom has come, my will shall be done. Winter is over, spring is here at last. A great roar rose from the crowd, and the king raised his hands. Upon seeing those scars, the cheering crowds remembered the unthinkable cost of this great celebration, you know, going back to uh, to the cross. Mm. Warriors slapped each other on the back. Mm. The delivered hugged their deliverers, enjoying a great reunion with those once parted from them. The multitudes innumerable began to sing the song for which they had been made a song that echoed off a trillion planets and reverberated in a quadrillion places in every nook and cranny of creation's expanse. Audience and orchestra and choir all blended into one symphony, one great cantata of rhapsodic melodies and sustaining harmonies. All were participants, even those of us who can't sing now. <laughs> we're we're going to be later, aren't you we? Can play those instruments. Yeah, we, well, yes, I was right. I pick up my horn. That's we could do right. That. Only one was an audience, the audience of one in that grade. The smile of the king's approval swept through the choir like fire across dry wheat fields. When the song was complete, the audience of one stood and raised his great arms, then clapped his scarred hands together in thunderous applause, shaking ground and sky, jarring every corner of the cosmos. His audience, his applause went on and on, unstopping and unstoppable. Every one of them realized something with undiminished clarity in that instant. They wondered why they had not seen it all along. What they knew in that moment, in every fiber of their beings, was that this person and this place were all they had ever longed for and ever would. Isn't that great? I love that. Boy, that... That kind of makes you weak in the knees, doesn't it? Oh, it does. And the Reading warriors out, slapping each other on the back. It's just almost like a, a victorious football game or something. You know, it's just like, yes. What is? Oh, well. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, team. And, and again, especially <sighs> in the context of, of what we see going mm. on today in the news. And, and uh, you know, better days are ahead. And uh, the, the time that we spend now... As our good friend, Pastor Ross Bryles, would say, staying with the stuff yes. is will pay off. You know, and sometimes we, we do get discouraged and we wonder why. And, you know, is it is it really worth it? Are we really doing any good in the, in the, in the grand context of things? And the answer is yes. Yes, we are. Because every contact that you make as you reach out, you know, uh, gives uh, them a glimpse of the of the coming Lord. And uh, what a day it will be. And, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, maybe it's my old cop sense or whatever, but I just get really torqued when I see injustice, and, and there's nothing you can do about it. You know, but the day's coming when we don't need to worry about that. And we don't, although our judicial system is far superior than most uh, around the world, uh, it does have many flaws, and it gets irritating and frustrating, but God's coming, isn't he? Amen. Amen to that. This is uh, when you speak when you speak of hope when people speak of hope and that hope, to me personally, is documented with His Word all through from mm. Genesis one to Revelation twenty one twenty two, and especially in Ezekiel where He's so strong, where He tells us the name what's going to happen, how to be ready for Him, and in Mark, mm. I've told you everything you need to know, 
and and that's that's and the documentation of of history. That's the hope, and that hope isn't like hope. Well, I hope my ship comes in someday, uh, and and but this is a hope based on on documented evidence. That's right, and Amen. that's the beautiful part about it. That's the beautiful part, and it's 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 not tangible. It's something you can't touch, but you can touch it with your heart if you believe. Uh, yeah, amen. You know, and, and John, I think you know one of the one of the things that we have to struggle with is is we believe the prophecies in the Old Testament about the coming Messiah, and all those prophecies come true. We're going to be right. celebrating that in about you, a week and a half, absolutely. right? Absolutely. All those hundreds of, of prophecies came true, and and yet we can get so wrapped around the axle over the way things are right now that sometimes I think we. We kind of forget, you know, as as the people living during Old Testament times were given the prophecy about the coming Messiah, we know he came. We know he fulfilled those prophecies. We're now living in an era where we also have prophecies. We've been told how it's going to end. Mm-hmm. We've been told about the coming hope, and yet, you know, we tend to get discouraged. And I just think, you know, put put yourself in the in the in the case of, uh, you know, a, a Zechariah or and Elizabeth, a Mary, a Joseph, you know, who were just waiting, who had culturally and in, in their faith been brought up with this hope of the coming Messiah, and uh, how how we need to have that same type of longing and, and yearning for Christ coming back. I've already been here once. And we need to encourage one another. Amen. Yes. And it's yes. a good reminder, isn't That's it? That's right. Uh, Elaine, you have um, Isaiah 60 uh, open there, and... Um, in the preface here to uh, chapter 14, um, Alcorn writes, the, the new earth will justify the old, old earth's disaster. Make good out of it. Putting in perspective, it will preserve and perpetuate earth's original design and heritage. Now I think about Romans 8.28. Mm. You know, and, and when I was uh, kind of a wet behind the ears, uh, fairly new pastor, you know, I, I wore that out. And I think people wanted to take that verse and hit me upside the head with it and say, you know, don't use that so freely. Think about But it is true, you know, but we do kind of flail that around a little more lightly, I think, than we should sometimes. But God does make good, you know, out of even the worst uh, circumstances, and and that's coming. Then he talks about Isaiah and the prophets making clear the destiny of God's people. And and, and Elaine, would you... uh, uh, would you read uh, Isaiah 60 for us there? About the entire chapter? Why not? Okay. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear upon you, and nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes round about and see. They all gather together and they come to you. Your sons will come from afar, and your daughters will be carried in the arms. And then you will see and be radiant, and your heart will thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea will be turned to you. The wealth of the nations will come to you. A multitude of camels will cover you. The young camels of Midian and Ephah and those from Sheba will come. They will bring gold and frankincense and will bear good news of the praises of the Lord. And the flocks of Kedar will be gathered together to you. 
the rams of Nebaioth will minister to you. They will go up with acceptance on my altar, and I shall glorify my glorious house. Who are these who fly like a cloud, and like the doves to their lattices? Surely the coastlands will wait for me, and the ships of Tarshish will come first to bring your sons from afar, their silver and their gold with them for the name of the Lord your God, and for the Holy One of Israel, because he has glorified you. And foreigners will build up your walls, and their kings will minister to you. For in my wrath I struck you, and in my favor I have had compassion on you. And your gates will be open continually. They will not be closed day or night, so that men may bring you to the wealth of the nations, with their kings led in procession. For the nation and the kingdom which will not serve you will perish, and the nations will be utterly ruined. The glory of Lebanon will come to you, the juniper, the box tree, and the cypress together, to beautify the place of my sanctuary. And I shall make the place of my feet glorious, and the sons of those who afflicted you will come bowing to you. And all those who despise you will bow themselves at the soles of your feet, and they will call you the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Whereas you have been forsaken and hated, with no one passing through, I will make you an everlasting pride, a joy from generation to generation. You will also suck the milk of nations and will suck the breast of kings. Then you will know that I, the Lord, am your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Instead of bronze, I will bring gold, and instead of iron, I will bring silver, and instead of wood, bronze, and instead of stone, iron. And I will make peace your administrators, and righteousness your overseers. Violence will not be heard again in your land, nor devastation, nor destruction within your borders. But you will call your walls salvation and your gates praise. No longer will you have the sun for light by day, nor for brightness will the moon give you light. But you will have the Lord for an everlasting light, and your God for your glory. Your sun will set no more, neither will your moon wane. For you will have the Lord for an everlasting light, and the days of your mourning will be finished. Then all your people will be righteous. They will possess the land forever, the branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. The smallest one will become a clan, and the least one a mighty nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. Wow. I mean, here's uh, here, here's where we're headed. And, and uh, again, Randy Alcorn makes the comment here to the to the people who heard that prophecy from Isaiah. Did they see that come to pass? No, no, no. Um, as we read in Hebrews 11, you know, that that chapter of the spiritual hall of fame. Did those folks, those guys and gals, did they see yeah, do, they, do they see the end game? No, you know, but they were part of it. So in that sense, a lot of this is is to come to pass. And notice a couple of um, of themes there. Number one, the world comes to Jerusalem. Yes. Yes. Yeah, the, all all earth focuses on God's city of Jerusalem, the New Jerusalem, and uh, there is prosperity and and. Uh, and here's an interesting contrast here because, uh, 
You know, as, as um, you know, especially we, we deal with people who've lost loved ones and, and such, there's always the question, you know, why did God allow this to happen? And one of the hardest things is to minister to people when they're in deep despair. You know, when they've lost a child or they've lost a mom or dad or, you know, when, when they've hit bankruptcy or when their house is burned down or when they've been advised they have cancer. And, you know, the, I mean, these are major life uh, uh, owies, you know. I mean, the, You get your share of that, Pastor Mark. Get, you do a well, lot of that. Get, get a lot of it. And, and the thing is, there's not a whole lot you can say. There really isn't. Because that's not the time to go into the doctrine of, you know, why a righteous God, why a good God allows bad things to happen. And, you know, people just don't want to hear about the fall of, of Adam and Eve and Eden and, and why, you know, that's just not the time. Now, that, that time when, when they're in, in deepest despair is a time just to listen, you know, and, and be there. But the, the truth that is behind that, and uh, it's mentioned early on in, in uh, chapter 60 there of Isaiah, is God is this mix of wrath against injustice and yet compassion for the righteous, you know. And so <clears throat> you've, got this, um, you've got this dynamic tension going on uh, where on the one hand, and we just read that in, in Randy Alcorn's uh, um, novel about the the end times there you've got the wrath of god the justice being meted out on earth in a very dramatic way and people's jaws are dropping you know i, I mean you just, it all gets set right but it's not a pretty scene you know and yet with that there's the compassion you know we mentioned the he mentions the warriors there you know bringing the the victims up the one hand and and taking care of the bad guys with the other and uh, so here we wrestle with with uh, these two characteristics of God, the wrath against injustice and yet his compassion, uh, as, as Randy Alcorn says, the king there uh, applauding, you know, with his uh, nail pierced and, and scarred hands. What a... What an interesting contrast and how that all gets set right. And I'm not sure that we fully understand that on this side of eternity. I think maybe uh, we'll understand that more deeply when he comes back because we'll see uh, the fulfillment and, and, and the expanse of both his wrath and his compassion at the, at the same time. The theme of, uh, as you read, Elaine, the gates being open 24-7. Wow. <laughs> and at a great time. Yes. You know, John, you're not going to have to lock up your tools anymore. No. <laughs> John's going, <laughs> that's all right. Talk about an open-door policy. It used to be that way in the 40s and the 50s. Well, know. yeah, it does. Yeah, it did. <laughs> but, uh, you know, here, here's a time when there's uh, no crime. I mean, the gates of the city are wide open. Uh, you know, no no need for surveillance cameras, you know. And, and what, what a wonderful thought. There's... Um, Joy forever, uh, and and uh, another theme here is is whatever we can imagine as being good, God's going to outdo that. It's going to far exceed what our <clears throat> expectations or our imaginations can conceive of at this point. No violence, no devastation, and then towards the end there, the comment about you know no. And, and I don't believe that, that God is saying, or that Isaiah is saying here, that the sun and moon will cease to exist. You know, I think what he's saying is, <clears throat> Christ's light 
is so overpowering that you really don't need the sun and the moon. Uh, I personally believe that they'll still be there, you know, because they're part of God's creation and they're part of what he created as good. But his light will be so overpowering that we'll probably see the sun and the moon in a new perspective, you know, because there's going to be a new light that is uh, that is so overpowering, that is so bright, that is so pure that it's going to outshine anything that uh, the Creator uh, uh, created. So what a, what a wonderful. I mean, you know when you get depressed, pull out Isaiah 60. I mean, you get, get into that. That, that, that really is. It, <clears throat> that's got to be one of the most encouraging passages of, of Scripture. Alcorn uh, goes on. By the way, we're uh, now at the beginning of chapter uh, 13. And uh, again, he's talking about, um, has talked about the believers in the, in the Hall of Fame there in Hebrews 11. He said, what thrilled these expectant believers was not that God would rule in heaven. He already did. It's important. He says their hope was that one day he would rule on earth, removing sin, death, suffering, poverty, and heartache. They believed the Messiah would come and bring heaven to earth. He would make God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and uh, I, I think we need, as we mentioned a few moments ago, maybe we need to get back to that and sometimes get our heads back into, <coughs> excuse me, Old Testament times. Think about the expectation of those people during Isaiah's time that, that were oppressed, um, who were just living through an earthly hell. They were living through dark times, you know. And we, I mean, we think we have it bad, but, you know, we, we don't in, in comparison. But their hope was that God's coming back, the Messiah's coming, and he's going to remove all this heartache, and he's going to bring heaven to earth. Well, we have the same hope, okay? We have that same hope, the new earth, the new heavens, the new earth, the new Jerusalem, will be that. And I just wonder how many of us, and I, I think before we, we delved into this, how many of us walked around really thinking about that? Not nearly enough, if at all. And I think we, uh, I don't think we remember it as often mm. as, as possibly we should. Uh, we need to be reminded and, and reminded often, I think. Yeah. You know, Amen. These injustices that we see, and I think we're going to see a lot more unfortunately and mm. uh, so that's all the more reason that we should remember the hope that we have and it's such an incredible hope that we read about just like we read in Isaiah 60 and uh, so many other places in God's word that gives us that incredible hope where we can read about read about and, and know about the glorious times mm. that are ahead for us amen there's a, <clears throat> a line here just before the subheading of the question of the millennium. He says, God's people are not looking for deliverance from earth, but deliverance on earth. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it contextually, why would God bother to create the earth and have us live on it and give us that as our baseline if he was just going to take us up and plant us on a cloud for eternity? Mm-hmm. Very huh? good point. That's, that's yeah. fly away businesses. As for the birds, <laughs> huh? yeah, no, no offense, right. Elaine. But... <laughs> no, that's okay. Well, that's the birds I think, I think the birds are going to be around, too, myself. <laughs> we're, not, we're not flying. Well, this is, he created this, and, and Jerusalem is where it's going to be, Jerusalem. Yeah. Amen. And the only thing that 
that I think about is why should God even let John Engel into his heaven? Mm. Mm. You know, really, yeah. as yeah. holy as he is. Mm. And, and, and uh, the great men of, uh, before and the great women, yeah. uh, the great women. Uh, so you wonder, what makes me so special? Well, it's the cross. Amen. <laughs> when you go back to the cross. That's right. And, and he had in the, in, the, in the first order of the book, uh, people had the great prophets. We don't have prophets today, obviously. But he had the great prophets then, the majors and the minors. And he, and he had all the wonderful examples of his blessings and his work <coughs> for his people, with Moses and, and, and then he had the, the 12 disciples and, and uh, they were firsthand, firsthand. So that was tangible. They touched him. Mm-hmm. They touched him. And and uh, the beautiful heading of the woman that touched his uh, touched his garment. Mm. Um, how precious that is! That uh, he cares so much, and and he's so sensitive to everything. So he's sensitive. And what 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 makes us so special to think that we're going to go to heaven? And and uh, what you just think about yourself and you say, well, what makes me so special? Mm. I mean, I'm stumbling around, uh, sometimes up and down like a yo-yo and going nowhere. <laughs> what, what what makes me so special to think I can just? Mm. But Jesus and it's it's his saving power. It's the cross. It's always work at the cross that he loved us that much that the Father sent his Son. And when you start reading that and studying that. Then you start looking at heaven, and you start looking at what he's going to create for us, and mm. and uh, the wheat from the chaff, and the froth, the the froth off the melting. That's why the gold and the silver is a pure. So you've mm. got to stand tall, stand fast, and believe in him. And that's all he asks from you is your love, Amen. nothing more. Just love me. And if you love someone, you want to know more about him. You want to be with them. <coughs> You know, it, it it is amazing, especially this time of year, how you know so many um, so many in the media have relegated uh, Christmas to mythology, putting it along with the Iliad and uh, the Odyssey and and other mythology. And yet, as you say, John, these these were um, the writings of our first person narratives, the men that uh, that walked with Christ. And uh, just lends a new perspective to Christmas time. Man, we're we're out of time. How did that happen? I don't know how that happened because we're just <laughs> mind, we're just, just getting, getting going started. here and putting the pedal to the metal. Uh, next uh, next time, and, and we probably <laughs> need some time for this. We're going to be talking about post millennialism and wow. pre millennialism and amillennialism and. <laughs> uh, we're and we're not going to get into great debates over this because I, I I know. That if you get um, well-read uh, um, Bible students together, we're, we're going to have differences of opinion. And that's okay. And it's okay. We're simply going to identify just so that you know we know what we're talking about, the uh, three different perspectives or, or views about the millennium, and uh, go over uh, Revelation 20 and, and what it talks about in terms of what occurs during the, uh, uh, during the millennium period, and then uh, move on to... Uh, Isaiah 65, and uh, Jesus, uh, God says, I'll, I'll create a new heavens and, 
and a new earth, and we'll talk about the impact of that. So anyway, lots of good stuff coming up. Again, if you'd like to join us, we invite you to be here. We're uh, normally here right after the Lighthouse Live program on Monday nights. Be a little space between kind of, now and the next one. There is. So we got a lot of time to read Isaiah 65, we do, don't we? But uh, study so. on it and uh, read on it, and we encourage you to do that. This is a wonderful study. Absolutely. So we're going to pick up uh, in early January, right? 21st. January 21st, we'll be back with you. And by the way, if uh, if you have friends who would like to listen, oh, no, we just checked our our, uh, our stats. We have several people from Germany that uh, logged in today earlier to Lighthouse Live, Praise one God. from Israel. Yes. And uh, so uh, if, uh, if you have friends that would like to uh, learn more about advancing vibrant communities and uh, maybe go back in our archives and listen to some of these programs, why uh, point them toward our website. It's www.vibrantcommunities.org. That's vibrantcommunities.org. We wish all of you a blessed and meaningful Christmas and a happy new year. We'll see you January 21st.